What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Hook One Pod. We're here at Hook One Bait and Tackle in Marine City, Michigan. As always, I'm Pete. And I'm Louie. And today we're super excited. We got a guest on the line. Um, his name is Chase. Chase is co-owner. Him and his dad run a business, Imagine Marine Electronics. Um, it's a marine installation company, but I'll let Chase tell you a little bit more about that. What's up, Chase? What's going on, guys? Happy to be here. Happy to have you, man. We're going to talk about dialing in some electronics. Uh, hopefully, I learn a thing or two. Louie needs to learn a thing or two, so looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah it's going to be a good show. Yeah, it's uh, truly never-ending when it comes to learning stuff. They're always updating stuff, so it's definitely a spot where you can always brush, no up, doubt. brush up on some things. Yeah, no doubt, and we're definitely going to come back and talk about that because Garmin actually just came out with a new update. Um and it's pretty badass for the live scope. It it definitely cleans things up so you can see um, a lot better. And I know that you've been <clears throat> you don't do strictly do Garmin. Um, you guys do every little bit of everything, uh, but you guys do a lot of training with Garmin. So it's pretty cool um, to get to learn all that new stuff. Yeah, we're uh, we're definitely definitely a Garmin guy at heart. Just what we all grew up using, whether it's in your cars or handheld GPSs, if you run dogs, all that stuff. But uh, it's all good stuff. Um, but nine out of ten of my customers uh, always go towards Garmin just for the usability and all that stuff. But I'm pretty well versed in with all of the different brands. So what got you started doing this, man? So basically, let everyone know out there, what do you do as a marine um, electronics installation? Because it's a lot more than just doing uh, fish finders. And typically, it's way more, right? Radio systems, radar for those big boats out on Lake St. Clair. Um it's really not a lot of small fishing guys. Oh yeah, it's uh, a lot of the smaller guys uh, like to just like to put a GPS on their boat and a transducer to find fish, which is fine, totally fine. But what our bread and butter is out here on the Great Lakes is the big cruiser style boats, guys that want massive stereos or a radar, satellite TV, you name it, underwater lights, the whole whole shebang. We uh we do it all. We like to say anything with wires on it, besides toilets. We don't do that anymore. <laughs> that's probably a good call i would not be messing with the toilet shitty no, job. Not, i wouldn't touch that at all shitty job <laughs> there you go so what got you doing this what was like you know hey i'm gonna you know i want to do this because i've i've been fortunate enough to drive a couple of those boats with you um and it's never easy work uh from the couple times i've been out there and noticed it but it is really cool man you get to work on a lot of really cool rigs a lot of big boats uh you get to play around with some other people's money here and there so what kind of got you into it, and what do you love about it? Well, I uh, went to college for criminal justice and decided I didn't really want to do that. And my dad had this going down here when I was in college and decided, uh, let's see where we could take this thing. And here we are, four, five year, four years later now, and we're giving her pretty good here. So You guys are slammed, man. Super busy. We, we're swamped. Uh, definitely always looking for help, anybody listening. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Forgot what, we were say. what was the other part of that question? So what what do you enjoy so much? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Like, why do you keep doing this every day? Basically, why do you keep doing it every day? Because it's really easy to just walk away I from mean, shit you don't like. Yeah. Some days are better than others, obviously. Uh, but if you uh, step back and look at it, you're, you're working where everybody's trying to be. Everybody that's working in the offices are trying to get to the boats as fast as possible, especially in the summer. So that if you step back and really breathe and take a peek at it, you're... It's not a bad place to be working on an 85 degree day in July. No way, man. Me and Louie talk about it all the time. We we always wanted to do the charter captain route and, and fish and make money doing that. I never would have thought in a million years I'd be at a bait shop 
I never, I'm sure Louie didn't think he'd be scooping minnows for a living. <laughs> so, but it's cool because it's like, you get to be in that industry that you want to be in. And you and I have talked about it a lot. Like now, you know, we're, we're getting to the point where we're ready to grow our brands, not like hook one. You're ready to grow. Imagine. Um, and we've tossed around the ideas. You get to do all this cool stuff. Now you get to go to iCast. Um, we can get yeah. passes to iCast, all the big boat shows, you know, down South, you get to see the new electronics. Um, Cause typically, I mean, it's not that you have to go down south to see it, but it, it always seems like at Fort Lauderdale at Miami, they're always releasing new products. They're releasing new boats. Uh, and you get to see all that stuff. I can't see the 600 Mercury around here. Not going to happen. No, not, not for a while. There's going to be a couple guys in the lake that have it. I guarantee it soon, if not already. But, uh, yeah, man, it's, um, it's definitely wild. It's an experience to go down those places. It's just a cool, cool experience. And just everybody – Grew up, everybody that's listening to this podcast, I'm sure it's grew up on the water, loves fishing, loves being on the boats. So just, uh, no doubt. And if they haven't, I mean, for the people out there that haven't grown up on the water, you know, I say it all the time. I never grew up on the water. I grew up in a basketball gym on the football field. I didn't have any interest until freshman year of high school. And then it was like, boom, it swallows you up. And then once, you know what I mean? Everybody, I can safely say everybody listening to this podcast, we all have the same intentions, right? We all enjoy the same things. Uh, and we all like doing the, doing those things in our free time, but shit, man, if you can make it a job and get paid doing it, it's pretty good. Absolutely. Yeah. I love, love everything about being on the water and love fishing. So it kind of comes natural to be in the fishing industry, technically with graphs and fish finders, you name it. So no doubt. it's definitely awesome. Um, so let's, let's kind of dive into what we really want to talk about and that's, really dialing in our electronics. I want to touch on really everything from how to fine tune your electronics to basically the electronics for dummies. You know, what, what's the basic stuff you need to learn. And then at the end of the year, you know, how do we take care of our electronics? Because every single year, and I know people out there are listening, we're always running into April rolls around and batteries are dead. Fish finders aren't turning on wires are chewed from the mouse in the garage. Um, so we'll get to all that, but to start what, um, out of the out of the main brands, so you got Lawrence, Hummingbird, Garmin for your fish finders. Yeah, I'm not missing any, am I? Uh, yes, Simrad, Simrad, like Raymarine. Yeah, yeah t- and typically those are like big ocean stuff. So just on like really the freshwater fishing, your your Garmin's, your Hummingbirds, and your Lawrence's, kind of talk about some of the pros and cons of those, you know, systems going in and and why you really like choosing what you choose. Yeah, Garmin. By far, I found is more the most user friendly. Obviously, with anything else, the more you use it, the more you're going to know it. Um, there's just this is like using your iPhone every day or your Android, whatever you have. You just you just know it like the back of your hand. And the more it's just, and then uh, so the Garmin's really good. The customer service on Garmin's end is top notch. Everybody's somebody's going to answer the phone. If not, they're going to call you back within five minutes. Um, and it's in the states. You can communicate with them and yeah, effectively absolutely. get things done. Yeah. Uh, Hummingbird Johnson Outdoors, uh, super good company. I just I, I got good graphs, good sonar. Uh, just don't I personally not my cup of tea, but other guys, you yourself have Hummingbird on your boat. Uh, They're Captain, not. Captain Joe has it, so everybody. Yes, yeah. it's all personal preference. What comes down to on the pros and cons. Yeah, no doubt. And then obviously with Lawrence, I'm, I'm more of a bird guy, which I just got the panoptics, you know, it's just over a year now. And me and Louie have talked, I think I'll probably transition over to Garmin just for the user friendliness of it. Um, 
but we got to talk about how Hummingbird has kind of changed the game in the sense of like side scan and Mega 360. That stuff is unreal. And I don't know, I've yet to see a Garmin image as clear as a Mega Live or a Mega, Mega Down imaging or Mega Side, side View. No doubt. I mean, I've got, I've got pictures like screenshots on my phone of, you know, driving over top of a tree. And dude, I got like every branch on there. Once all the leaves and stuff fall off from it being dead, I can see every branch. I can see marks in between um, and whatnot. I will say uh, Hummingbird's live system is, is pretty whack. Yeah. I've seen Louis it. Louis a big hater. Yeah. I've seen it in action <laughs> once and I wasn't impressed. Lawrence, now Lawrence's active target's actually pretty nice. It seems like they're really cooking along. Um, they had a new update. And, and the guys that I talked to that use Lawrence that have been trying out, you know, pro staff and whatnot that have been using the active target, that's come a long way since day one. But I just think Garmin's proprietary, what they own, Whatever's in that black box, whatever they own, that technology is untouchable. Yeah, Garmin's – Marantz is definitely right up there with Garmin. They're uh, neck and neck. But Garmin really stepped up the bar with this new live scope transmission they came out with. Uh, so I'm excited to get that. LVS34 is uh, the new one coming out. So excited to get one of those in my hands and start playing around with it. That one's going to be good. That's coming out this year? April 1st. I can get my hands on one. Is that a joke? Is that an April Fool's joke? Not a, not a joke. No. This is not a drill. <laughs> yeah, a little better resolution, better target separation. Um, I know some guys have been experienced, especially the ice guys, uh, some dead zones in their mm. in their in their live scope, and uh, this is going to help delete a lot of those dead spaces. That's gonna be pretty sweet to see. What do you think, yeah. Louis? As far as electronics, I mean, with the three brands, you know what I mean. Every yeah. it seems like around here you don't see much of rants. Like, it seems like a lot of the Bass guys run Hummingbird and then, like, Pan Optics or Mega 360 and Pan Optics. But, like, I will say you see it more in the walleye world than the bass world. Yeah. Like, I see it a lot more with walleye guys. Um, our good friends from Fishing 411, yeah. uh, Mark and Jake, they use the little rants, and, dude, they're dialed. Yeah. So that just goes – I mean, that goes to show you that, like you said, no matter how much time you put in, you're going to master what you do. Uh, it's just kind of finding that preference and finding the technology. Really, it's finding the technology that suits you best. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then another, you just maybe touch on my next point. When you're adjusting your settings on your sonar, you want to be doing that day in and day out on the water. Each day is going to be different depending on water clarity. If it's rough out, anything like that, you can really dial those graphs in to try to get your best picture and give you the best chance to, to really – put in some work and catch some fish. Yeah, I'm really glad you said that because that's something that I learned. I would set my graphs set and delete. March, set and delete March 20th, yep. and they'd be the same until November 20th. Yep. And now it's every single day. You get out on the water. And honestly, like where we're at with Ontario and, Can- or, and then our side on the States, Canada cleans up so much faster. I mean, I'm looking outside right now, and I can see a clear line in the middle of the river where Canada cleans up right there. If you were fishing those two sides of that mud line, you got to change your game. You got to change your settings. Yep, absolutely. And whether that be finding fish or finding structure, any of that little stuff is going to be able to help you uh, up your chances of catching. You touched on a question that I was going to come to you next: is how do you how do you like to dial it in or or mess with that stuff a little bit? Because I guess let me phrase it like: when we're in the river, we're not looking for fish necessarily. We're looking for structure, right? We're looking for places where those fish are going to be because their bellies are on the bottom and they're really hard um, to kind of dial in on your electronics. Where in the lake, you're looking for you're actively side scanning, down scanning, looking for 
um, schools of fish off to the side and whatnot. So what do you want to do when you're looking for structure as opposed to when you're specifically looking for fish? I think if you're looking through for your, on your live scope, your color gain and your color limits, mess with that a little bit and then really look at your, your range is huge too, whether it be yes. live, or live scope or side scan. You don't have to look out 300 feet because it's capable of it. Shrink it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. You can get a much clearer image and then we can go from there. And your speed's huge too. Slow that down and just take your time, be patient, you'll find what you're looking for. No doubt. And then, I mean, if you're just zooming by and you're trying to find structure, then, you know, for example, if you're on a side scan, then you dial back the, you dial back your um, frequency a little bit. Yep. You could make your range a little bit bigger if you're looking for, for big structure. Um, and so then slow it down and dial it in. Yeah, so it speeds everything. It's uh, You can go fast, but you might – go buy that school of fish or go buy that piece of structure, you'll never find it. And that could be the, the game changer, the tournament day or something. No doubt. Um, so when you're graphing, like in the lake, it seems like a lot of guys have trouble with this. Do you turn your frequency up when you go from the lake to the river or do you turn it down? I usually don't mess with frequency too much out here. The lower the frequency is better for deeper water. Okay. The higher frequency is better for shallow water. Okay. So if you yeah. – everything out here and in the lake at least is – Say it one more time. So higher frequency is better for shallow water. Lake St. Clair. Yep. yep. So the lower, lower frequency, like 50 hertz to 108 to 80 to 100 hertz, is going to be good for, like, going Lake Charles Jaden and Lake Huron when you're in 100-plus feet of water. Yep. So we uh, we were messing around with that with uh, my buddy Josh's boat, out fishing Jaden Lake Trout. And you guys had a lot of success, man, yeah. doing something that not a lot of people in Lake Huron do. And we were fishing in 130 feet of water, and you had – you can see stacks of lake trout down there, and it looks like a Christmas tree, basically. You're hunting uh, lake trout, yeah. Because so you guys would say trout. that, yeah. yeah. You would basically scan, oh, there's fish, drop. Yeah, and that was all on downscan. It was straight 2D sonar, looking at those arcs, and then spot locking, dropping, catching. How did those guys before fish finders catch them, dude? How do you find them? Probably because there's more fish. A lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of time. There's more fish, less pressure. That's what we'll play it off. Definitely doesn't seem fair sometimes. No. Well, and I mean, I, I don't know how many times I'm going to tell the story, but when I went over um, to a friend's wedding in Minnesota, I talked to a buddy over there that fishes Mille Lacs, And that's what he said. He said, electronics have just changed the fishery over there. It's one of the best walleye fisheries in the world. And you can keep one fish yep. for the sole purpose that at certain times of the year, walleye are going to do what walleye do. And with the electronics we have nowadays, there's, they can't escape. They'll just get slaughtered. Yep. It's you know, like, it's like fishing the fish ladder on a steelhead river or something. You know where they're going to be there, so that's why a lot of places make it illegal to fish it. No doubt. No doubt. Um, so, obviously, a lot of people know that Hummingbird, Minn Kota, they link, they connect, right? Yep. Have you had an opportunity to see, play around with, check out the new Garmin or the new Lowrance trolling motors? I have not. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping, it's around here, there's a lot of walleye boats, right? This yeah. Is, this is a walleye, walleye country, right where we're at. And oh, no. the Garmin trolling motor, I don't know about Lawrence, I'm ignorant in that fact, but the, the Garmin trolling motor is only 52 inches. So a lot of those deeper V walleye boats, it's not going to be suitable, especially if it's rough. That's right. Um, Minkota still has that 72, 72-inch shaft, and that thing's money for the guys with the bigger boats. Are there any other companies out there, and I know I already know the answer to this, but are there any other companies out there that are making trolling motors for, say, the guy that owns a 23-foot bay boat 
or a boat that sits a little bit higher out of the water and it's more of like a custom deal. Yep. I think Ro- I know Rodan Marine makes one. I think it's a 97 inch shaft, oh. uh, 36 bolts, 120 pounds of uh, thrust. So it's a big boy. I have not installed one of those yet either, but I want to. And I'm sure I'll imagine it. that. I used one. I had a guy come in last year and he told me, he's like, I got a 27 foot, um, center console twin motors he's like i want to learn how to jig i was like well that's impossible and he's like well i have this trolling motor and i think it was a rodan yeah and um we went out there and i'll be honest the, the remote on it because i'm a remote guy not a foot pedal guy right. and the remote on it sucked there was just so much time in between there's so much lag between hitting the button and the, and the response time but i will say this even though it sucked i took him over there and he had not caught a single fish jigging out of that boat yet. We went right across from the shop, dropped the trolling motor, and we had three in the first pass. And by the second pass, he was running his own trolling motor. So it's not to say that you can't jig off these big boats. Oh, it can happen. And you know, they they purposely, I'm assuming anyway, they built these trolling motors for like the guys that are going to the oil rigs in the salt water and be able to spot lock and vertical jig those fish. Because you can't throw anchor there. There's no. no way. So those guys are out there fishing the oil rigs. And they got those big yellow fins, and now they got a spot where they can vertically jig and spot lock per se, and really just dial in their fishery, which is a huge thing. So, yeah, well, and that's I don't think that's you know, a lot of people don't realize that, but we do is fishing is very regional. So, what, what we do here is different than what they do an hour south of us in Detroit, but typically at a lot of these stores or a lot of these companies, they just make motors for what their you know their main the 72 inch Minkota that that's a fairly new compared to the products they've been making yep. because walleye boats have just evolved so much i mean you're looking at five six graphs on some of these boats oh yeah it's nuts it's good it, for me i love it <laughs> yeah no doubt so i did just check too um and lorance only does make a 60 inch as well so, so, yeah that's longer than What's Garmin? Garmin has so. Yeah, but I think until you see that seventy-two or possibly even like closer to like an eighty, because yeah. now I mean you're looking at how the walleye world's changed with electronics and how it's changed with your motors. These guys in these walleye tournaments are running like 60, 70 miles, yeah. and they're in some big water. And if you're in big water, you need a you need a trolling motor that's going to keep you on your troll. Yeah, you got to stay in the water. I, I've I watched your boat come out of the water multiple times. Not your boat per se, but Josh's boat. Right. Same boat. boat now. Yeah, I want. He's got a sixty-inch shaft on that boat, and we're is that a sixty? It's a sixty. So. Yeah. I put, huh. I put it on. <laughs> yes, I mean, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, we're trolling Lake Saint Clair, and it was rough. Not rough enough. Not fish, but the motor kept was still coming out of the water. I'm like, oh, well. And spe- I mean, the big thing is, is like those tournaments up in Lake Huron when. You're really trying to kind of, that's that spot on the spot. Like, hey, there's a rock pile here. There's big fish here. I'm casting a moonshine or a shiver minnow here. If, if your motor's coming out of the water and the waves, you're not staying anywhere. No, it's just the stuff like that's going to make or break cash check or not. I think it'll. The spot lock with the puck and not having the puck. Totally I don't have yeah. a puck and it's hell. Yeah. Your boat sucks with spot lock. Yeah. <laughs> and I went to my boat with the puck and you don't move I just saw. I just sent one down to uh, Captain Chris Daly down in Island Marotta because uh, he didn't have on his boat. I would have given it to you. Eh, Chris needs it. Shout out to him. Shout out, Chris. You guys are going down there. He catches a ton of fish in the backcountry. Um, but seriously, I I've got a because I bought you know a refurb trolling motor when I first got it and it had everything. 
I didn't even think about the puck, but the difference, you know, we'll touch on that, obviously, because it's dialing in your electronics. That puck, that navigational puck is huge. Remind me after the podcast, I'll find you. Yeah, I'll have to, we'll have to dig one up somewhere. Yeah, they're huge. It's a, it's a little, for those of you guys who don't know, it's a, they're a white GPS antenna that Mancota sends with the motors, the Trovas, Trovas and up. Um, and that just tells the iPilot where where you want it to, yep. to stop. So, so within a three-foot radius of that puck is where your motor, motor's going to stay. And typically it's way closer than three yeah, feet. I mean, when Louie's spot – well, funny story. Me and Louie, I pulled up on Louie in one of my fishing spots. No. <laughs> it was the opposite of that. So I pull up to Louie on the water, and, and I was like, hey, I'm just going to spot lock right here. And we were just bullshitting and casting. But the whole time I was – Drifted back, pulling forward, drifted back, pulling forward. And I was like, man, this is crazy. Um, so that little puck, definitely, if you do a lot of spot lock fishing and stuff like that, I like to spot lock when I whip at night, man. Yeah, for sure. It's way better I'm, than throwing an anchor. I'm sick of pulling anchor. Yeah. Sick of it. And I would surge and fish with it, too, if it was a little more dialed in. In that case, I, I don't really want, you know, my baits kind of going all over the place. But And correct me if I'm wrong, over in Canada, you're not supposed to throw anchor when you're whipping, right? Well, yeah, we're waiting to see, actually. They're supposed to come out here in four days and give us their updated rules and regulations. But as of COVID, no anchoring and no touching short. So Right, so if you have a spot lock with a trolling motor trolling with a spot lock, you can access that fishery legally, quote-unquote, and mm-hmm. be safe. Yeah, I mean, I'll just say this for everyone that is around here listening. If, if, if you throw anchor over in Canada, don't be surprised if the law pulls up on you. It's going to be pretty hard to pull that anchor and get out of there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so um but yeah that's it's, it'll be interesting to see where the trolling motors head in the future because you know you know already that Minkota cannot continue to be the monopoly right it's 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 going to continue to yeah it's going to shift and it's we but it's going to be hard i, I it's going to be hard to beat Minkota. It's really, they've they been so good for so long they got dialed and uh now that garmin and Lorance are stepping up so some guys with some big wallets they're, they're gonna figure it out but i'm excited to see where it goes I, where does it go from here let's be honest the, the fishing electronics industry is insane it's, i don't know how much better it can get yeah so, man it's pretty crazy what was the my um father-in-law he what's that unit in his boat that Garmin. It's, it's the, the Garmin 1022, I believe. Yeah, and so those ones, he can he can flip to see basically under the water, and he can see where all the drop-offs and everything are. I mean, the thing, it's basically like a cam, it's a digital camera underwater. It's yeah. showing you the, the whole bottom. It's like, where, you, you're right, it's like, where does it go from here? But you, something's going to come out next year, and everyone's going to have to have it. Mm-hmm. But I do think the big thing is going to be I think everyone's going to jump on this live sonar and I think it's just going to consistently be updates after updates after updates, which leads to my next question with you. How do you, how do you continue to stay on top of things? Because I know like me and Louie talk about it all the time. When's the next update coming? How do we get the next update? Wait, this just came out. Whoa, this just, and it's overwhelming because you get it all at once, but it really seems like you're on top of it. And obviously you have to be. Yeah. So Garber makes it really easy. They have what they have is a called active captain. So all the new garments have it, whether from the Echo Map series all the way up to your 86 series. It's called the Active Captain's app on your phone. And you link it to your Garmin, and then you, it's, you tell it what garments you have. And then 
when it once you get when you get on your own house Wi-Fi or cell data, it'll alert you not be a notification whether there's a new update out. Hey, your Garmin's update is available. Do you want to download? Yes, and then you connect it to your Graph's Wi-Fi, and your phone syncs to it, and it downloads the update. So it's super, super convenient, and that way you're always up to date. That's a, that's a huge thing because if you don't look at it and you got your graph from five years ago and it's due for an update, you could be 10, 12, 20 versions behind and, and you got like a whole new graph. No doubt. And we talk about updates. I mean, that's that goes not only like we talked about Garmin, but um, Hummingbird and Lawrence constantly have updates. I believe the best way to do that is to have those SD cards, put them into your computer or whatever, download the update to there. And uh, basically just put the SD card back into the unit. Um, but not only that, Humminbird has a Lake Master chip. Garmin now has a Lake Master chip. Uh, Navionics is was like kind of like the OG, right? They've got chips all over the country. All those chips, if you pay the money, if you pay $120 for a Navionics chip and you've had it for three years and haven't updated it, shit, man. You better plug that thing into a computer yeah. because all that stuff's got to stay up to date. Yep, and that could be pretty cumbersome to do. So uh, if you do it, I recommend take your time, read through it. If you can't get it, I recommend calling Navionics himself. Um, it's a big thing that happened, I think, last year. Garmin purchased Navionics, so Navionics is now a Garmin company. Another that big makes, win. That, that, makes, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So Louie and I were looking at the active captain because I was just doing the update to my boat. Yep. Um, and it, the maps look damn near identical, but they jacked that price up. Dude. Yep. Yeah, they just <laughs> released probably, oh shoot, I think it was two weeks ago, the new mapping chip that it's the new one from Garmin and Avionics combining, right? So they finally figured it out and combined all the best stuff from their maps. And it's the Garmin Navionics Vision Plus. And they went through, I was amazed at how many lakes and ponds whatever are on this chip for the really for the up, up our area yeah michigan minnesota wisconsin uh ohio illinois that whole area like lakes like you go out lake superior or lake here on the reefs and the mapping on the old g3 stuff on like the that's preloaded in the in the governments yep. completely off so we were trying to go to a hump that was up to 80 foot surrounded by 150 and it was completely off. Like we were at three hundred. So come we, on. So we were like just f bombing them, and like well, this is this sucks. So we end up quick, quick, quick draw mapping our own maps. So when we go back out there, it's accurate. Naturally, which is another thing I'll talk about. Um, there it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Man, it seems like every time we do a podcast, that phone gets us. Anyway, where are you heading with that? Yeah, man. So the mapping was off out in those big lakes. Some of the smaller lakes, like Lake St. Clair, is not bad, but those bigger lakes are so vast. It's it, and the, They did those first cartography maps who knows how many years ago, in the 70s or something. Right. So this new mapping chip that Garmin Navionics put together is supposed to hopefully fix all that. Only time will tell. I, I tell you my hands on it. I'm not holding my breath. But uh, the easy way to fix that, if you're going out to a spot that the mapping's screwed up or not accurate, with the active captain chip and putting a memory chip, another memory chip in your in your Garmin, that they all all the new ones can put a micro SD in it. You can quick draw your own contours, and then you know it's right on the money. It uses your transducer and computes all the data that's reading from the transducer up to your Garmin, 
and draws your map. Our buddy Chase does that a lot, doesn't he? Yep. He has a bird though, right? He's got he's got two garments now. Okay. And he would he told me because the lake that he fishes, Chase, I won't I won't say it out loud. Uh, the lake he fishes though isn't mapped very well, and that's what he said. He's like, I just walk around all day, plopping my transducer in, in holes and marking contours and stuff like that. That's pretty legit, man. That is the way to to actually dial it in is knowing you did it for yourself because that's how many. I mean, we've just seen it in the last three years, but seriously, how many boats are out on Lake St. Clair? You know what I mean? A lot. Like, I don't even think a lot's the right word. Yeah. Um, but there's definitely not that many boats up in the UP. So it's like when people down here realize something's off, it's easy to quickly change it, edit it, update it, whatever you got to do. There's not as many, there's not nearly as much traffic up there. So it's almost all on them or the people that are up there that, you know, you're just kind of trusting. But dude, I mean, when I went up with you last year to the UP, there's just so much water. Yeah. Like, how do you map it off? Yeah, it's, it's absolutely insane. And that's the cool part about Garmin's. Outside, nature. Yeah. Well, we can focus. <laughs> but uh, that's the cool thing about Garmin's new one of the new features on the Active Captain is called Active Captain Community. So if you want to share what you what you drew drawn out on the lake via the quick draw stuff, you can share it to the community via Active Captain, oh. and you can share your the contours or hey, there's a log, there's a deadhead here. Don't go yep. over here. See, I love that, and I wish I wish there was a way, and there's not, just because of all the conflicting companies and businesses and all that copyrights nonsense. But I wish there was a way to do that because, like, all the time there's deadheads sticking out, or all the time, you know, there's there's things that are changing. All whether it's you know structures moving, uh, new structure was added somehow overnight. You know, a couple of hillbillies brought something out overnight. Uh, there's got to be a way to communicate that with everybody, but I. I mean, I guess not. That's also your waypoints. You know what I mean? Right, that's sure. worth a lot of money. Yeah. So it's it's kind of like up to you if you want to share that information or not. So that's kind of the cool part. But if it's a, like uh, we have a couple reservoirs I fished in the UP when I was up at school there, uh, and there's nothing, no mapping on, because obviously it can up drain and mm-hmm. all the time. So it'd be cool to go out there with a couple guys that have Garmin's or Hummingbirds, or they can all do the quick quick draw contours. But really, go out with a couple boats and just put together a plan to clear the whole lake, and then you got then you're got No so doubt, it's really cool. No doubt. You know, it's funny because our river keeps rising and, and lowering, so it's like our maps aren't even close. Like right. sometimes it's five feet off, and it's funny because I'll tell people like, oh, you know, the water went up three feet, and they're like, oh, you know, three feet, like they think that's a lot. Yo, that's the difference between seven foot of water and ten foot of water. There's gonna be walleyes there. Oh, yeah, you know what I sure. mean? It's it's crazy. Yeah, going back to that one thing, the underwater one. You're back. Welcome back. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I, did, I used it a lot more than I thought I would. Like, the, the, one, fish, the one that you can see under the water. Yep. Like, fish eye view. Uh, yeah, is that what it's called, yeah. fish eye view? Yep. Yeah, so I'll put like half pan optics and half fish eye view, and then I can see where I'm at on a drop off. So if like there's a flat that I'm trying to hit, I just I go half and half, and I can line myself up perfectly and i hit that flat every single time that's really cool i have uh i've never really messed with it like that so it's cool to hear that yeah it's pretty cool it is cool we were messing around with it like i said on my um my father-in-law's boat we were messing around with it and it was really cool because you could it just shows you where the boat's at compared to the drop-off itself so like for whipping game changer sturgeon fishing game changer because it's got it's got the humps like if the if 
if the bottom goes from 50 to 60 feet, you clearly see it in the fisheye view. Like, hey, here's the hump and here's where your yeah. boat is. No, that's off of your chart depths too. So it could could it's be a little, could be a little bit off. Not saying it is, but it could be. Um, at least it's somewhat close. Right. And your garment on your boat has that too. Yeah. So, and at so the yeah. end of the day, I mean, the depths will definitely be off, like we talked about. But it's just good to know, like, okay, this is here. Or, you know, the best way to do it, I tell people all the time is like, and it's really hard. It's really hard for me to do it. Like when you're catching fish, when you're in the fish and you're catching them, why are you catching them? Where are you, right? What's underneath you? What's next to you? Why? There's a reason the fish are here and there's those spots all along the river. Honestly, that's what drives me. Yeah. To, to keep fishing because it's why I caught them yesterday. Why did I catch them today? Or vice versa. We had that happen just this past weekend when I was up in UP. We doing really good burbot fishing, which is on bottom bouncing, basically, the ice fishing jig. Caught them really good the night before, two the next day. Same spot. So it's like, We had that a lot this spring, man. Like, I would take a trip out, and we'd catch our, we'd catch our limit. I'm like, oh, man, we got our limit. Like, it's been a tough spring. We got our limit. Hell yeah, let's go. You know, these people haven't caught walleye before. Load up the, the clients for the next day. You know, I, I'm giddy in my head. I don't, I don't need coffee this morning because we're going to go smash fish. I'm going to be busy. Right. No, not so much. And it's like, whoa, what, what has changed? But that, you know, Louie and I talk about it all the time. That's what is, you know, so different for me with fishing as opposed to what it was with sports. Like you've got your, your greats in fishing, right? You've got your goats, your ale lenders, yeah. um, Kavias, stuff like that. But you, you'll never – ever be the best at fishing there's no such thing yeah there's no you can i have people that just learned how to fish last year come in the bait shop and mention something that's like huh i've never thought about that just because they're looking at it a little differently you know what i mean mm-hmm. but you're right that's what keeps you going is like why why are these fish doing what they're doing what are they doing and that's why that's why to me electronics are so important because you can see what structure or what contours or even like the type of bait is it suspended bait is it bottom bait like what are they what are they doing what's keeping them here yeah the cool thing about uh the perk of setting waypoints too you're on a pot of fish <laughs> set a waypoint and you can go back later and see how deep you are say you're like you said you're in a catch a fish left and right mm-hmm. just hit a waypoint quick and forget about it you can go back later at the end of the day see how deep you are see how warm the water was or cold the water was and you can go in there and add notes too if you want to put them on Arkansas Shine or Antifreeze Jigger. No doubt. Joe always gives me a hard time because, you know, he's out on the lake guiding all the time. So he's got waypoints everywhere. And he comes and looks at my graph and he's like, dude, where, where are all your waypoints? I mean, I might have 12 in my, yeah. in my, I mean, I might have in the river, I might have three. It's all in your head, dude. That's it. It's all landmarks. I'm going to the candlestick. Anyway. I'm going to the red buoy. I'm going to the willow tree. That's how I was taught. No doubt. No doubt. But that's also because we have shore you know, within two miles of wherever we're at, when you're out in the middle of the lake, it's a lot more important, but you're right. It, those waypoints at the end of the year, when you sit back and you look at those waypoints, they're going to tell you a story. Oh yeah. They're going to show you where the fish moved, how the fish moved. And that was something that I tried keeping track of last year. Uh, That was a little bit better than years past. And it's true. There's, there's a distinct pattern on where I caught fish in April and then where they went in May and then where they went in June. And then when they went in July, it's like I'm, you can almost watch the schools move out. Yeah, and if you can go a year and year the next year and try to replicate that, see if anything's changed or if it's the same. And then if you do that, you're uh, you've got a pattern. 
And yeah, it should be depending on. And then you'll go out the next day, and the walleye will make you rethink your life. Yeah, obviously they have fins, <laughs> they have fins, and they can swim. So nothing's set in stone. That's the best part. Speaking of patterns and like electronics, I've noticed this is the last year. I kind of, kind of, kind of, I told Pete about it, but I would find like so if I was fishing a flat next to a drop off, and I was catching them from the drop off to the flat one day. The fish aren't going to go very far. So all you do is you go to your mapping, look at the thing, and it's like, all right, so they were here one day. They either dropped back or went forward or went deeper, and it's like what stands out the most to where the fish are going to go, and you go make a drift over, say, like, it comes up, like, two feet, like, I don't know, like, 500 feet away, and I would go catch fish on that, and I would find my fish. Or you catch fish on there, and they move, and then there's a steeper drop-off, like, 50 feet in front of them then you go run that and you catch fish on that so you just kind of you can kind of follow the fish and see where they go just from the mapping yeah it's awesome that's a cool point you bring up because i had the opportunity to uh, go to grand rapids and do a little seminar over there talking fishing and that's really what i kind of explained to them is like hey if if you guys are pounding fish you know and 22 foot of water and it's say seven in the morning whatever the deal is you know and you're catching your fish, and you go out the next day or even later that day, and you're like, the fish aren't there. They didn't. They did not just swim two miles upshore or upstream. Promise. So they either slid out, they slid forward, they slid backwards, and they're going to slide to a spot that's pretty similar to where they're at now. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're going to move, whether it be pressure or uh, a couple big musky chase them out of that one spot. They're yep. just going to slide to the next safest safest spot. So uh, obviously, pressure is a big one, especially as. Uh, ice goes away here. Yeah. It's going to be totally different on the river. So No doubt. It's going to start changing here real quick. And I think especially as this ice keeps flowing out, which it cannot flow out fast enough. But as it keeps flowing out, um, we're going to start to see a lot more guys hitting the water. Yeah. Are there any other um, – we talked a little bit about what's coming out April 1st. What else is – is there anything else in the electronic world we should be looking for? Or um, what else came out this year, I guess? Lithium batteries are starting to make a bigger splash than Ooh. they have been lately. Um, whether it be Dakota, Amped, Norsk, I think every, a lot, there's a lot of new companies out there. I love mine, man. It's like my next boat will probably, I, I shouldn't even say my next boat. Cause I really, man, we even piddled around with getting a new boat this year, but I'm just, I really enjoy the boat I'm in. And when it comes to, when it comes time, when these batteries die on me, I mean, I'm calling you up and we're going to Dakotas. It's unbelievable yeah. what the difference between those I mean, you saw how fat I, – I got a 12-inch – for those of you guys that don't know, I got a 12-inch panoptic screen, um, obviously, with live scope. And that would fry my big 12-volt battery in two hours. I can go almost three days on a 12-volt Dakota battery that's, what, a sixth of the size? Uh, yeah, 53. I think I got you this 53-amp-hour one. Yep. Just simple, right in the bow of the boat, uh, quick to get to if you need to take it out. So it's super Talk a little Light. bit about that. Um, I'm glad you brought up the amp hour because that's something that confuses the shit out of me. Like, I'll walk into a place and I'm like, oh, 12 volt battery, 12 volt battery, 12 volt battery, 12 volt battery. What's the difference here? Like, what am I looking at? Um, so, explain that a little bit. So, the amp hours is strictly your capacity. Yep. So, uh, t- typical, say, ice fishing battery is going to be 12 volt. 7 to 12 amp hour battery, and you're gonna, that's good for running a small screen transducer um, uh, by a couple days if you're fishing all day or what have you. Uh, for hunt, like a good house bank battery for 
with guys that are wanting to switch to lithium to the 12 volt 100 amp hour you just get that much more time you can put more load on it and you're you're going to be a lot happier with that it's going to last you a long time um and then obviously your trolling motors they do make a 36 amp hour or 36 volt battery so if you want to dish all three batteries just have one huge bonus um then yeah, it just all comes down. Thirty six volt is Joe's got those in his boat, right? He has three one hundred amp hour batteries for his drum motor system. Oh so he's yeah, got three individual one hundred amp. And that goes that goes days. Yeah, he's he's been bullet. He said they've been bulletproof. He's had, had them in there a year and a half now and hasn't killed them. So it's pretty good. He he guides how many days a year? A lot. I think he did one hundred and. 60, 180 trips. Yeah, that's not a lot. bad for when you only have half a year, less than a half a year to fish, really. Yeah, I mean, it's what, May, June? Eh, you could touch April, but it's really May, June, July, August, September, October, a little bit of November. Yeah, so you got, you got quite a few months, months or so, yeah. Still half a year. And it's a grind, man. Lake St. Clair is a choppy lake. It gets real windy out there. Yeah. It puts a lot of stress on those trolling motors. Always on. Do you have lithium in yours, Louie? No. So yours runs just off the battery? Yep. Do you have any issues with your live scope? Not at all. There you go. I know you can usually get about three full day trips out of it. Yeah. I know on Louis Yerbo, we put a separate uh, house bank yep. in his boat for strictly his electronics. Yep. Um, you have, I mean, with I'll, I'll be, anything, and I, be, I don't have Lowrance or Hummingbird Live, um, but any, I would assume any live sonar, you're going to need to have your own really your own thing for yeah it. you want it all strictly on its own you want clean power yeah you want clean power explain that a little bit clean power is huge you want to supply ample power wire to it so big cable so as big yep. as you big is really bigger is better usually you don't need obviously you don't need big one-hot cable it's an inch of diameter but a little bit overkill is not going to hurt there's all those all those graphs love power yeah just feed it to them um can you so we just mentioned it a little bit the the clean power explain explain to people a little bit kind of how you get that interference and then how you can get clean power and then really what clean power does because I thought that was the stupidest shit when I heard it. I was like really talking about clean power you hook this up to the battery and, and you get power like that's yeah. that's it man I was basic with it I had no idea and then you start to learn all this stuff you know and the the difference between my panoptics on the battery that had my other graphs and the panoptics on its own battery, and then I think it helps that it's obviously the lithium. But the fact that it's on its own now, dude, the, the picture itself is cleaner. Yep, it's it's huge because, well, say well your house battery is way in the back of the boat, correct? Yep. So it's got to go all that distance to get from battery to screen. Yep. So it's already a voltage drop there. So if especially if you don't have the right size power cable, which I believe we put in there, we but, did. Oh. Uh, but yeah, and then if you got say your transducers next to your trolling motor, that trolling motor kicks on, it could throw interference from the magnets and all that stuff spinning and all that through the transducer cable and throwing some interference there too on your graph. So your transom of transducers or the through hauls, if they're next to anything magnetic or moving mortars, it could throw some interference. Garmin Garmin comes with uh, these little clips that go over the power cable and the transducer cable to help mitigate some of that interference. Okay. Um, Sometimes it doesn't get rid of all of it, but it definitely helps. Right. And sometimes the way, especially some boats that come pre-rigged, it's just nature of the beast of the ground. Wherever they ran that wire, if it's next to something, 
it's gonna be tough to yeah. tough you know, to it's fix gonna be it. Ugly. Yeah, obviously the best way to do it is scrap it, running the wire. But nobody ever wants to do that, and I don't blame them. And typically, like when I the last uh, when I ordered my last boat, and really from here on out, like that, I'm just ordering boat motor trailer. Yep. I'll let them run all those base electronics, but I. I want, I like having the power and obviously it helps, you know, knowing you and, and having that good relationship because I trust somebody, but there's a lot, I mean, there's a lot of really good people around that do it. And, um, shoot Winkler, man, he, he hooked up my first boat. He's working, um, at Rose, but he hooked me up on my first boat. And it was, he did a great job too. If you can, if you have the ability to put your own graphs on and, or have be there when someone's doing it. You know, one, you get to pick the ideal location for them. Mm-hmm. And then two, you know where everything's going. That's what I love about my boat. I I know and you know, like if I call you, hey, you know, there's an issue. We both know where those wires are running. Well, yeah, that's the thing that I love doing fishing boats because I'm a fisherman at heart. And if I I treat most boats, if especially if the customers like do what you think, as if this was mine. I put the things where I'd want them. And make it the best it can be, and that's that's the key. And it's just overdoing everything and making it so you're not gonna have any issues down the road. Obviously, stuff happens, but I tell, hey, less work is more work. You could go in there and and string it up as much as you want, but guess what? You're coming back next week, and you're coming back the week after that, and you're coming back until it's fixed yep. because they paid you. Yep. You know what I mean? So less work is more work in the end. Like that's 100%. we could tie up we could tie up three thousand stingers. And if the knots start slipping on all 3,000, guess what? Now we owe everybody new stingers. Yeah. Plus, we got to pull all the stingers off the wall. That's a minor example. Now you got 6,000 stingers. Yeah. <laughs> Get it taken care of the first time, and you're going to save yourself time oh, and money. So much work. It's so it's, it's everything. everything. Especially, like we said, especially on your, your – how much – I mean, you're paying so much money um, for these graphs. Get them installed right. Get them installed properly. And if you are going to have the dealer install them, then at least when you get your boat from the dealer, have them run it through. Yeah. Have them explain to you where your wires are going, what's hooked up to what, how do you turn this off, how do you turn that up, turn that off, how do you take the power up. Your dealers, they owe you that, right? Oh, yeah. You just spent tens of thousands. You know, Some of these guys that are buying these Rangers and Warriors and, and Vexus, you're spending 100 plus thousand. Oh, yeah. Please make sure you know where your stuff's going. And that's peanuts compared to what some of the horror stories I've heard from other dealers that customers just paid 300 grand for a center council and, and they know nothing. It's like, it's oh, a wild world on that. Yeah, and, on that and, and, and it sucks because we're, it's a small industry and you don't want anybody to, you don't want no spilt milk anywhere, but it's. How do you take care crazy. of it all? Yeah. You know, it's like, but Hey, that's what keeps Imagine Marine so busy. That's yeah, why you're backed it, up eight weeks, you know? We're busy. Let's roll. That's for sure. Let's but roll. Business is booming. That brings me, that kind of brings me to my next thing I wanted to do a Hook One exclusive for uh, for this. I uh, This has kind of been in its infancy, but I am starting a little um, Michigan Marine Electronics Training Company doing what we just said. Going I love through, it. Going through all of the electronics, making sure you're dialed. And a lot of it's going to be one-on-one with you on your boat, just making sure everything's dialed, make sure you know how to use your electronics that you just spent a fortune on. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the biggest thing. I see so many, not including my customers, that when we get done installing it, we run through the basics, and customers say they're good and they got it, mm-hmm. but 
But in reality, in their head, because they don't want to say nothing, they really don't. And they're not using everything to its full capabilities, especially a huge one. It's a safety thing like a radar. If you don't know how to use a radar and you come into a situation, say it's just foggy out of nowhere. And you put that boat on the ground, on, up on land, yeah, and you could have saved it by knowing how to read your radar, uh-huh. how much would you pay not to go on the shore on the island right there? Right, and that's – and it's – you don't offer – it's not – a guided it's not a fishing trip it's not guided it's you know you it's you, it's their boat yeah it's a client's boat yeah. with their electronics and you go on there and teach it i honestly when you told me about that idea dude i love that business model because that's something i can guarantee honestly i'm gonna still take you up on it so you can dial me in on really what i want to learn um but i would have done that in a heartbeat uh when i was louis age yeah because i like Five, six years ago, I would have done that, no doubt, because I had no idea. And nobody does it. Nobody. For me personally, YouTube videos don't do it. Like, I can't watch a YouTube video and then try to store it all in my head and run outside while the boat's on the water. This is on-the-water training. Hey, do you see this on your side scan? That's what this is, and this is how you dial it in. There's literally no better training than that. Yeah, there's a thousand videos on how to read side scan. Until you get on the boat and start messing with it yourself, and seeing what a fish looks like, what a log looks like on the ground, tires, whatever it may be, until you start seeing it and learning how to read it, you're never going to learn. And yeah. Who knows how many more fish or stuff you can do once you start learning this. Stuff. Right. And here's a newsflash to everyone out there that doesn't know the kind of backsides of that. When you're watching a fishing video, they don't put the crap in there. So they might be scanning for three hours until they finally pick something up where they're like, oh, we'll, we'll shoot our video running – you know, they're not running their side scan everywhere. They're running it where they know their structure. You need to learn how to use this in real life situations. Right. Like, hey, you're out on Saginaw Bay, big body of water. Where, excuse me. Where are you going to go to find fish? Right. Where are you going to start? You know, and again, you can watch all the YouTube videos you want, but it's not going to prepare you until you're actually out there. And, you know, the other thing is you're going to be the one pressing the button. You know, you're hitting exit, you're hitting settings, you're scrolling over, you're scrolling down to gain, you're building your gain up, dropping your gain and messing with it. That I think is super important. I really love that you're doing that. But to be honest with you, bro, you're going to need some help. You're going to be a busy man. Yep. So that's, uh, that's exciting news for me. I am excited to get that rolling here. Probably hopefully by summer. Um, But yeah, do some, a lot of one-on-ones, maybe some seminars. I mean, you're, I, I already know that we're planning our seminar schedule and, and you'll be, you know, coming and giving a talk here. Uh, I'm sure this isn't the last podcast we're going to do about this because Louie and I talk about all the time. It, it is the fascination with electronics nowadays. I mean, dude, we really only talked about graphs. We didn't touch on the radar that you guys deal with. We didn't touch on the speaker systems you guys want. If you want to go out and fish and have your boat bump and rattle while you're out there having a great time, you know, Throw some JL audios in there. Throw some there's, – there's so much on the marine electronics side that with technology now, you know, Louie and I, there's just a fascination with it. Yeah, it's huge. Everybody – it's a technology, technology world out there. It's absolutely nuts. It definitely helps you catch more fish, too. Music. Well, and that – have music. Yeah. That's true, too. Don't play. You're scaring the fish. <laughs> Not too loud. Um. No, but that, that'll definitely be something cool. And like I said, just because the, the one-on-one trip, which, let's be honest, if someone picks you up for a one-on-one session at the end of May, you guys are going to catch fish. Oh, yeah. You know I what I mean? Care, but, I don't care but it's not guided. Fish. Right. I don't You're care. just showing them how to do it. Honestly, I'd be even happier if there was no fish, fishing rods in the boat. Just 
give me a couple hours to run things with you, and I'll run through all your settings, show you how to do it. Yep. Go to different situations, whether it be in the river or the lake, or the water's clean, the water's dirty. Figure out what settings read best. And so you're not just looking for fish and 2D sonar that everybody's used to doing. You can use that side scan, use that clear view. Find weed beds using your clear view and learning how to fish on top of those weeds. Yeah, use what you're paying for. Yeah, for use sure. what you're paying for. I mean, there's, and I tell people that all the time when they come into the store and they're like, you know, what kind of electronics do we need for the river? Well, where do you plan on fishing? What do you kind of plan on doing? Is the first question I ask. And if they're like strictly river fishermen, in my head, I'm like, hey, just go buy a five-inch screen with yeah. a GPS so you know where you're going, and you got to know what the water temperature is and how deep it is and if there's rocks or weeds under you, and that's pretty basic. But now it's to the point where it's like, you know, you can do that, and you can go out there and you can have it. Cool. You can go buy a fish finder, a graph for 200 250 bucks, and you're fine. Oh, absolutely. But if you're going to spend the money for the down imaging, the side imaging, the 360, the live scope, um, the upgraded charts, because that's – a lot of people don't know how to use their charts, man. They're like, what's this little circle with the lines through it? Like, okay, that's a wreck. This right. is riprap. This is a do not, like, this is a do not enter zone, you know, because right. there's also do not anchor zone, stuff like that. Those are all over the place. So this is the border. Yep. <laughs> that's a huge one. <laughs> don't go over it. <laughs> um, Basically, it's going to eliminate the learning curve. Right. It exactly. is the learning curve. How many new boats come with graphs and stuff, and they just shove them out of the parking lot? The guys take them, and they don't know how. They can watch a couple of YouTube videos, sure, which maybe I'll start getting into that too. Why not? But they don't. They grab the boat, and they don't know how to use the graph. They turn it on and see their speed. One hundred percent. And in their defense, it's really not their. It's not their job. No. Their job is to make sure that you get a really. That their job is to make sure your boat comes in new. Their job is to make sure that everything works on it, everything's wired correctly, everything's taken care of. And once you hook up to the trailer, you're done. You know, they didn't make the graph. They didn't build it. They didn't do anything. They just put it on the boat. So, you know, that's on you and your own intuition. Like, hey, how much How much do I want to learn and how much do I want to get into this type of stuff? Yeah, for sure. So what else you got going on, man? Anything else um, besides for running that, say one more time, Michigan? Michigan Marine Electronics Training. Michigan Marine Electronics Training. And then you can also find Chase at Imagine Marine Electronics. That's Imagine Marine Electronics. What do you got? Facebook? Got, Instagram? Uh, Instagram at Imagine Marine. And then my personal, just a lot, a lot of more fishing pictures on my personal. At Chase Gronley. Yep. And then other than that, man. Just looking yeah. forward for a good spring, eh? Just looking forward to a busy spring and uh, catch some fish here and there in between the there, there is one thing that we missed. I just got to touch on it really quick because I know a lot of guys have issues with it. November rolls around. It's time to put the boats away. What's the best thing to do? If you're going to be away for a while, best thing to do is take at least your ground your ground terminal off your batteries just in case there's a bilge pump that's constantly on or uh, whatever you have, what, what have you. I know some of the bigger boats that we work on, every before they go in the buildings at, say, Belmar Harbor, Every ground, every ground terminal is disconnected on every battery. Okay. It's just to help save batteries, make sure you don't come out in springtime, your batteries are dead, and then you've got to buy new batteries. Yeah, and you're scrambling because you're scrambling. it's like, it's go time. Yeah. When it's, when it's the day, that's what me and Louie were saying. Like, when it's, when it's the day to go fishing, there's no more prep. Like, me and Louie are sitting here, Louie's got no line on his reels because his line won't come in the mail. <laughs> and I got, I got all the plastics pulled out of my boat in the back room in the back room right now because I'm, I'm reorganizing them yep. and yesterday hit like 40 degrees and I was like 
oh shit, like it, yeah, it's time. We got to go. So like when it's time, that's why I think I really wanted you to touch on that because take care of it before the season comes. Oh, it's huge. I think uh, definitely making sure all your power's off. If you have to take out, if you don't have a battery charger, take your batteries out, put them on a trickle charger for the winter. Just make sure they're ready. That's the biggest thing. If you're, if you put your boat away in working order in the winter, you want to take it out in spring in working order and go fishing. Nobody wants to deal with it. It's expensive and it's a pain in the ass. Yeah, no doubt. Expensive is the big one. Yeah. Expensive makes an even bigger pain in the ass. Yep. Anything else, Louie, for Chase? I don't think so. I'm sure we'll have you back here again soon, man. It was an absolute pleasure having you out here. I hope you enjoyed uh, talking a little bit of electronics and letting us pick your brain. Yep. And no, I loved it. And uh, now I'm going to win this fishing derby you guys are throwing. Hey, <laughs> get down to the shop and sign up for the spring fishing derby, March 1st to May 31st. It's five bucks to enter. And you can get your ass kicked by me. <laughs> um, well, I think that's all, everybody. I want to thank you all for listening. I hope you really picked up some um, information out of here that you can use again. If you have questions about electronics, if you want to reach out to Chase, again, it's at Chase Gronley on Instagram. Imagine or at Imagine Marine on Instagram. Imagine Marine on – you have Facebook, you said? Uh, there's no Facebook. No Facebook. Uh, there, uh, Stay sorry, off of Facebook. Yeah, but whatever. Stay off of Facebook. Go to Instagram. Anyway, at Imagine Marine. Yeah. Um, keep an eye out for Michigan Marine Electronics, electronics Installation. Dude, I'm going to get it down, I promise. Keep an eye out for that. That's going to be a really cool new business adventure. And honestly, Chase, uh, I'm really excited for you, bro. I think that we're going to see a lot more people follow that business model. Yeah. Um, and you can take that to the bank because I can guarantee that you're going to see more people do that. There's a lot of people like me out there that are confused when it comes to electronics. Um, I hope some people that are listening out here are confused, and I really hope that um, that this is going to help. Appreciate it, buddy. So we will see you guys next time. We'll be back. Um, Louie, what do you got? Send them, send them a do. Like, share, and subscribe. That would be awesome. It doesn't cost you guys anything. It means the world to us, and it helps us get our name out there. Thank you all, Tight Lines. Mm-hmm.